Hey friends, welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Katie Taylor, and I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. We finished a series talking about God's faithfulness, and honestly, we could talk about how God is faithful every day of the week, multiple times a day. You guys get the picture. God is so faithful to us, and so we really enjoyed that series, and we just wanted to move forward uh, and talk about how to grow in our faith. And so Ben is going to walk us through today uh, some steps that he felt led by the Holy Spirit through a passage in Luke. And so let's get started on the Not About Me podcast. All right, guys. So we're starting a new series. I didn't really, yeah, and girls, sorry not to be discriminatory. Mm. Um, <laughs> starting a new series, I, I kind of wanted to go ahead and close last week, although I'm sure we could we could talk about God's faithfulness a million times over. I don't think there's anything wrong with revisiting some of no, your stuff. No, and we probably you know, will. Yeah, should. Uh, but basically, how do we grow? And this is the Easter season. Uh, there's a lot of, okay, when people go usually and they hear that Easter sermon, that they have that uh, emotional response to Jesus you know, realizing the sacrifice that he made on the cross for their sins and, and mm. working through that. And then, okay, what's next? How do I grow? Now that I've made the decision to follow Jesus, you know, what does that look like? If you, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, Hebrews 5, When it, I think we actually read the message version on this one, but I'm going to go back to New Living Translation. He said, there's much more we would love that we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain. Uh, what he's talking about is they're talking about Christ is our high priest and knowing who he is and having a better understanding about who he is. So this is Paul's uh, response to that. And that's why he starts off, there's more we like to say about this. But then in verse 12, he says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching, let's remember that, teaching others and instead, you need someone to teach you. You are like babies. You need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk and still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right, solid food is for those who are mature. So it makes you wonder, just stopping right there, and it goes into a little bit more, but we'll stop right there for the sake of this conversation to say that, okay, what does it mean to get mature? What does it mean to grow? What does it mean to get past the milk, you know? And uh, I taught on this at a uh, Men of Harvest, which is our men's group for our, our church. I'll say that it, it's, it was something that's laid on my heart to teach because we do have people that don't know how to make that next step or they are just kind of refusing to go to the next step. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there's people in both of those categories. I don't think there's just one category where all the people who are stuck are just refusing to move on. I think some people legitimately just don't know. Well, that and they're afraid. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't know what that next step looks like or how to even start that process. So, um, that's why I kind of challenged the men in the group and I told you about it. You actually heard me teach it and I thought you. You gave me the thumbs up on uh, you should go ahead and go with this because you give me a lot of insight on things. So, Well, I remember being in the same boat. So having that response to Jesus during a, uh, a conference and yeah. wanting that, having that desire for something more, but not really knowing how. Mm. And so 
you know, still that checkbox Christian where you just go and, you know, hear the sermon on Sunday, but not really living it out the six other six days of the week. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but our church did a really good job of putting together a spiritual growth plan. And I think what you taught on yesterday and what you've already shared with me is a great growth plan. So uh, where, what inspired you, first of all, to this passage, particularly that we're going to be in Luke? Okay, so the title of the message was, um, I pretty much want to say that the title of the message is Jesus is the Example. Uh, one, the other one I came up with was walking stronger or, uh, maturing. And, uh, that was going to be the title of it. I wanted to see if we looked at what Jesus did in all of the stories that we learned about Jesus throughout the gospels, you can always see where he sets the example by not just doing one thing. Yeah. He sets an example of what leadership looks like. He sets the example of how to be more mature, mm-hmm. um, how to grow, how to trust, how to just, he's the example of all. So I thought maybe if I could take one story of his and break it down, I could show the examples of what's been laid on my heart just through one story. Uh, Luke chapter nine, starting with verses 10. And I'm reading now the New Living Translation. Uh, you'll be reading now the new NIV, NIV the, the new international version. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you read it in your version? 10 uh, through what? 10 through 17. 17 yeah. Okay. Obviously, God inspired you with this because it, it really is good. And there's a lot in it. I've heard this story a thousand times having grown up in church. But the way you're going to break it down just makes it so much easier to understand. Mm-hmm. So uh, starting verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him. That was kind of a (laughs) tongue twister. And they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Bethsaida? Bethsaida. Okay. I think so. Okay. There's some Bible scholars going to correct me. I'm so sorry. This is why I am a normal human being. (laughs) Uh, But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there, not including anybody else, like <laughs> children or anything. Yeah. Uh, but he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everybody sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Yeah, and again, this is probably something people have heard for many times, and you can hear many different ways this could be, you know, broke down. You can hear about how God always provides. God is the God of impossibilities, you know, yeah. he's the God of possible. Right. Um, you know, you can teach it in many, many different ways, but I really wanted to see what did Jesus do, uh, not what would he do? But what did what he did do? he do? You know, yeah. what did Jesus do? We had to get a bracelet made for that. Yeah. Um, and the first thing is, is when it comes to our spiritual growth, how can we apply what Jesus did in this story to our lives on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to break down some things here that we need to do. First of all, if you are going to church, 
and that is it. Or if you just listen to a podcast every now and then, and that's it. Or maybe you do listen to a podcast. Maybe you do go to like a, a group or something. Um, but one thing for certain is, is make sure even though it doesn't mention Jesus picking up the new international version or the new living translation or the King James version of the Bible, we need to be reading uh, the Bible. We mm-hmm. do need to find a reading plan yeah. and read every day. Um, In and, a version that you can understand. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, I use new living translation. I really like the way it works. You use new international. Um, I actually do a lot of my reading on my phone and uh-huh. it's because I like to just hit the play button sometimes and just listen to it, read to me right. as opposed to me reading it. But daily you need to read the word. And the closest thing we can have here is, is in verse 11, whenever he, Jesus says he taught them about the kingdom of God mm. and we can be taught by reading the, out of God's word. Yeah. So I think that it's important for us to remember that when we go into a reading plan that is the first step. Well, actually, I'm going to say that's the second step. Your prayer life, which we'll mention later on, is your first step. Mm-hmm. If you don't take away anything else from this podcast today, this episode, get a prayer partner, get somebody else. We'll go into that in a minute. Yeah. But get a reading word. Okay. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is gather. Okay. This is all about gathering. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's about 5,000 families coming together. Let's not say 5,000 people. He said feeds 5,000, 5,000 families, because it mentions later on that it was 5,000 men there. It Mm -hmm. didn't mention their wives, their children, and things like that that were with him too. So it was more than 5,000 people, but it was 5,000 families is the way I've always interpreted that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next thing is, is you need to think about the gathering, okay? People were gathering to you know, get together and learn about God. Like this, this Jesus guy that we've been hearing about, they were like, wait a minute, who is this guy? We've got to come out and see him. Then people were coming out in crazy numbers to see him. And that tells us that we should gather too. Following him around on boats. Absolutely. Even whenever he's trying to get away from them, they're still finding him. You know, in the Bible, it tells us not to deny ourselves the opportunity to gather. Mm -hmm. That's not a suggestion. Yeah, that is telling us. And if Jesus thought enough to bring that many people together on multiple occasions throughout the Gospels, that ought to tell you that we are called to gather. Well, and think about uh, how detrimental that was Mm -hmm. in uh, 2020 when we weren't across the world. Yeah, we weren't allowed to gather. No, absolutely. Everybody in some way or another suffered something from that. I still feel like you're talking about the C word. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get any kind of advertisements for that. No. But the C word of 2020, uh, I feel like we're still recovering from the uh, effects of people not gathering. I know people that still have not gone to church Mm -hmm. and they still don't gather, Mm -hmm. even though God calls you to. Yeah. They still don't gather. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's out of fear. Or if it's just like boredom, mm-hmm. maybe it's that sloth thing we learned about where people just say, I don't care. You know, I was that Asadia. Yeah. Asadia. That's yeah. another subject right there. But yeah. yes, it, I think that that is. And I think that that's something that Satan is using mm-hmm. against believers right now is be like, it's really not a big deal if I go or not. Yeah. No, it is a big no deal. No one will notice if I don't so go. We're talking about people who are at an infancy level, mm-hmm. barely drinking milk, 
have to be told things over and over and over. Okay. Yeah. Well, one, get into the word Mm -hmm. Two, gather. Yes. You're told to gather. Yeah. All right. Now three fellowship. Jesus didn't just hang out with the 5,000 and every time he had him, Hey guys, y'all just show up when the rest of the 5,000 came up. Mm -hmm. No, he met with the disciples individually and you can see where they had enough rapport with Jesus to where they met with him. And that goes into what is that verse number 12? Uh, the, yeah, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to (laughs) the 12 came to him and said, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night Mm -hmm. (laughs) for there is nothing, uh, to eat here in, in this remote place. So, you know, you can see right here in this one little small example where Jesus is given uh, an example of how he used to gather with his 12 disciples. He met with the big guys and he uh, the big crowds and he would preach just like the same as us going to church. But he saw the value in meeting in small groups where he could teach and experience things with people life wise and teach them one-on-one well we need to be doing the same thing well and they broke up into smaller groups you just had them divide the people up into groups of about 50 people when you get 50 Mm -hmm. people and they're not just sitting there being quiet yeah i mean surely they were having discussions about what they what jesus was teaching yeah or about their families or about you know whatever's going on in the villages where they were from i mean it's not like they were just like staring up at the sky just looking around like not making (laughs) eye contact or well first of all they're hungry yeah. Okay. They're hungry and they're tired. Yeah. And the disciples were saying, "Hey, just you know, send them all to the to the village. That needs to be their problem." Yeah. Okay. So 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 think about this. What did Jesus say? Mm-hmm. No, you feed them. Yeah. He said, "Why don't y'all feed them?" Right. And that's that's the Alabama version. Why don't y'all feed y'all? Them? Um. So, but he says, "Why don't you feed them?" Yeah. And then they were thinking, oh, you know, we don't have that much food. Again, they weren't trusting in Jesus. Right. But think about that. Okay. They're in the smaller group and they're gaining better wisdom. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't want this 5,000 plus people to go into these farms and these towns to be a burden because they knew that that large crowd had gathered there in order to come see him. What would that have done to the ministry of Jesus? You don't want to be around these Jesus followers. What they're doing is they're come into town. They take all the food, they begging and all that stuff because they're starving to death. Yeah. You know, what is that going to do? That would destroy his mission. No, you guys feed them. So I think there was value in getting um, wisdom mm-hmm. from meeting in a smaller group as opposed to when they were together and they didn't have the guidance, it was like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's, they're just sending them folks away. Yeah. You know, well, Jesus said, no, I got better plans to you, which is going to lead into the next part of the discussion that we're okay. talking about. And that's serving. All right. So serving. Okay. Serving and outreach. You know, we can go to back to verse 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see where the crowds found out where Jesus was mm-hmm. and um, they followed him. He welcomed them notice that he welcomed them all right oh yeah he taught them about the kingdom of god and what does it say next he healed them the for those that he 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 healed those who were sick mm. okay now let's skip down to where serving is what we're that's outreach mm. okay because he is actually healing people as they come along and by the way uh, we're not going to get into the discussion of the gifts of the holy spirit but you know, there is the healing of the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm mm-hmm. still figuring that stuff out and I'm 
you know, I'm not going to preach on that. But I do think that when it comes down to outreach, you can do other things. You can feed people and you can go provide medicine for people yeah. and you can go do things for folks that you, that God can call you to do. Right. Um, now let's go down to verse, um, 16. Okay. Katie, read that one out of your version. I want to see if it says about the same thing mine does. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. So okay. they had an assignment. Yeah, they did. But now listen to mine and then and then listen to a little bit of the difference. Okay. All right. So it says, Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up towards the heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. All right. Jesus didn't just say, here you go. Yeah. Here's your stuff and let them do all the work. Yeah. No, he kept giving them the bread and the fish. Mm. Okay. He was serving just as much as the disciples were. I like that. Kept giving. I like that because it shows that he was continually serving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who are we not to serve? Oh yeah. So I think about the people that go to church and the people that go to a small group and then there's no growth. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they do. And they're missing out on the next part of the growth in maturing in their faith. And the one thing that they need to start doing is an easy thing to do is serve. All you have to do is find the need and meet it. Yeah. And I feel like if you, if, and this goes back to what you said about praying, and I know we're going to get into that in just a second, but, you know, praying for God to show you where to serve because you may not know where your passion is, but God will show you or the natural passions and gifts He's given you. Uh, for some people, that's sports or whatever. We'll hold a youth camp and, you know, put some spiritual guidance in there, you know, for people and, and, uh, I don't know, offer scholarship or something. So maybe that parent who's working two jobs that they really want their kid to go and get some biblical teaching, you know, I, I don't know, whatever your well, you know, I'm glad you brought is. that up because I mean, if people think that something that menial is, is uh, being a coach, I mean, because people are like, well, I had a coach growing up, blah, blah, blah. No, my blah. coaches were great. Okay. But uh, you know, have you seen the news about coaches and cheer coaches and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that are acting up? Yeah. We need godly ones. We, yeah. We need godly coaches that goes into leading and teaching, yeah. but still that's serving, you know, in a way. Yeah, it's both. It's both. Yeah. Um, uh, but go uh, learn to drive a bus. Yes. Bus drivers, yes. you know, serve people, provide go pick up people need, in your community, you know, believe it or not, you know, one of the best things that you could possibly do would be possibly just go up to some of these charitable organizations <laughs> and they don't even have to necessarily be Christ based, but guess what? You can go be a light at that non-biblical or non-Christian based uh, place that maybe it might be the March of Dimes or something like that, that is not a Christian organization. It's just an organization. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they, but you know what? You can go be the light there yeah. and you can go volunteer for a blood drive or something like that. That is serving others. Everyone's church always needs people to serve. You know, we have people that stand out in the parking lot and make sure that they don't run in, run their cars into each other, you know, yeah, pass out water bottles at the park where people like to go run or something. I don't know, whatever it is, just, yeah, it's easy to find a passion. If yeah. it's laid on your heart, I'm sure there's a need for it. Yeah. The Lord will you put know? it on your heart. Yeah, absolutely. It will. And if you need some help on that, 
email Katie at uh, what is the name of it? <laughs> Not about me podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Email her. She'll give you some great suggestions. She's actually very, very inserted on service. I'm, I appreciate the service that you do. No, thank you. Um, for the American Heritage Girls, you're constantly driving cars, uh, you drive vans for them, you do things like that. Besides the leading things, you actually serve there as well. No. So, you know, one thing, uh, serve. Mm-hmm. serve 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 if you're not serving you are missing you are out. missing out and i'm going to tell you the relationships that you get with the people you serve with are definitely going to be a bright spot and too. it's catching you know when oh, you yeah. see someone else serving it kind of is like oh maybe i need to do that too and then you do it and you're like oh yeah i like yeah I mean, you can always go adopt a mile and go pick up trash and put on a Jesus Save shirt. Yeah, do <laughs> it. I, I I think that if you just have a need, just go do it. Yeah, um, I like it. So I think that we give we're given a good example here. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, one of the best examples of serving uh, others is the Last Supper. But I figured it was so close to Easter, I didn't want to step on like the pastor who was going to be preaching the day. <laughs> yeah. And that's the reason why I switched stories because yeah. really the, the, the last supper was when I was like, Hey, that was got, he's washing feet. He's serving food. Yeah. His prayers are awesome. Oh, by the way, he's having accountability, like a small group accountability uh-huh. partner calling Judas out. I had lots of stuff I could have went with, but then it's like, you know, I think this one right here would probably be best yeah. based on the timeline. I had to teach things to, sure. So anyways, moving on to um, the next portion of it is lead and teach, okay? To lead is to teach and to teach is to lead, Mm. okay? There is so much truth in that. Who can you teach? And you're like, what do I know? You know that God saved you. Yeah. Tell people that. You have a testimony. Start there. Yeah. All right? Where could that, where can you give your testimony at? Everybody in America besides... I don't know, besides your dad, and that's not even true anymore, has a social media account. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh you can you can put down things Somewhere. on your social media. You can text yeah. things. We got a wonderful friend, Marilyn, who sends out a text oh, yeah. every day. She teaches us through a devotional yeah. text it's every day. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it. And it hits the spot sometimes. But you know what? She's doing what God has told her to put do. Put on her heart. Teach mm-hmm. others about his word. Mm-hmm. And all she's doing is teaching from her experiences. Mm-hmm. She hasn't gone to seminary. No. You know, she has. she's not an ordained minister that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. you know. But you know what she is? She's a faithful servant of God, and she is teaching others. Well, guess what? You do the same thing with this podcast. Mm-hmm. You're just relaying a, something to it. That's not, you don't have to be on a platform. All you have to do is is just tell somebody what God has done for you. That mm-hmm. is teaching others. Yeah. All right. And I promise you, if you ask God to give you somebody to teach, he will give you somebody to teach. Yeah. And I think that feeling, feeling, sorry, I said that really Southern mm-hmm. feeling, feeling as if you have to have a degree behind your name to teach, uh, that, that qualifies you. Uh, we talked about this on Wednesday nights in our Not a Fan series by Kyle Eidelman, uh, excellent book. In verse 23 of the same chapter we're in, he says, Then he said to them all, If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So that anyone is not just for Mm. those that graduate from uh, as a pastor of some sort that qualify with that title in front of their name and the, the education degree or what have you behind their name. You or I, if you are anyone 
it doesn't yeah. say if you graduated high school and graduated college and graduated with a master's or doctorate level, and then you teach or lead. That is not what scripture says. Yep. No, no doubt. And that's, and that you hit it right on the head. And, you know, I think that, uh, the woman at the well is a perfect example. Love of that. the woman at the well. She was not qualified to teach anybody. That's John chapter four. And by the way, if you're thinking, well, I don't have the reputation, neither did she. Nope. In fact, she, her reputation was pretty saucy. When she walked into there telling people, you got to meet the guy that told me everything I did. Ever did. They already knew that she was not a good person. They didn't <laughs> yeah. know anything about her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, they didn't know anything about her conversion. Let right. me rephrase yeah. that. Okay. But they knew all of her sins. Yep. And you know what? If you're out there, yes, people know about your sins. They know you're not perfect. They know you make mistakes. They know that they that you've made bad mistakes, and they're going to point them out to you. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Jesus knows you did, and he loved you anyways. Mm -hmm. He forgave you of them. Yep. Now, why don't you tell somebody about that? Yes. Start there. Start there. You know, That's just simple. Say, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, how I'd react to that is somebody's like, well, you used to have a bad mouth. Yeah, I did, man. And you know what? I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. I did. I used to talk real bad. Me too. Uh, you know, I can talk about whatever. We'd have a sinning contest and fill it up and see who's got the biggest pile, but that wouldn't do any good. But no. when somebody happens to bring it up, say, yeah, you're right. I did. And, uh, glad I'm not that guy anymore. Right. You know, and that's, that's just where you got to be with it. So moving on, man, find a way to lead, find a way to teach. I would say one of the best things that you can possibly do is to go to a pastor and say, I want to lead. All right. Well, we yeah. have a, we have a neighbor. Okay. And our neighbor leads many different places, mm -hmm. but one place in particular that he leads and he is one of the most unlikely people to be leading there is in a nursery. Yeah. He leads in a nursery Yeah, and he has a talent for it. He yeah. has a talent. He has a patience. He has everything mm -hmm. that's needed to relate to those babies right. the way that he needs to. Well, yeah. guess what? That is a way of leading and teaching. Yeah. Okay. And Jesus loves that. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves babies and he, he blessed babies. He blessed children and it's read. You can read that in the word. So whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, who else needs lead, leading the elderly? Yeah. They are so lonely. Yeah. There are many, many people who are lonely, mm -hmm. but you know what? They need leading too. And they need teaching as well. Yeah. And anyways, one thing you didn't cover though, that you, you started out with that I want you to touch on is prayer. Oh yeah. That's the next step on this one. Uh, the prayer time is critical. Yeah. All right. You can see where Jesus blesses the food mm -hmm. and through prayer, he mm -hmm. turned a couple of loaves and some fish into enough food to, feed thousands. Right. Okay. So he said pretty much a awesome blessing. Yeah. All right. And he does that several times, but he also prays very fervently to the father. Mm -hmm. John chapter 17 is nothing but a prayer. Have you noticed something though? There's very few times where Jesus is alone when he's praying. Mm. Okay. He always has, he usually has people around him. Yeah. Gethsemane, he was by himself, but his, People were, they were nearby. off to a distance. Yeah. Okay. But most of the time he was with his people. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure that when Jesus was praying, they're not just staring at him. They were praying with him. Yeah. Well, the disciples so, asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. How important is it to have a prayer partner? Absolutely. You're my prayer partner. Absolutely. You are mine. Yeah. yeah that's it. If we, you're my prayer partner. I pray we go with to you battle in prayer. Night. Yeah. Against yeah. the enemy. We do. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and if you're a spouse, you need to be praying with your spouse every day. Yes. If you are not praying with Get your spouse. Get over the awkwardness. You are going to have a lot of problems if you're not praying with your spouse. Mm-hmm. I can promise you that. Yeah. And uh, uh, trust me, been through, we've been there. Yeah, done we, that we, with we other have, people. We have failed marriages in yes, our past. Yes. And I will tell you that not having a prayer life with that with those people uh-huh. are led to our problems. Mm, yeah. Is that true? Absolutely. <laughs> so spouses, pray, pray with your spouse. Yep. All right, men, it is your job to pick that up and lead. That's what God created you to do. I will commend you for that because that was one of the, that was a very important thing to you. Which I it was important to me, but I didn't know how to bring it up. And you just like this is what we're going to do, and I was like, okay. And it was awkward at first, and it was like <laughs> short and very simple. Mm-hmm. But over time, you know, over the years that we've been married, it has definitely grown to be more. I can tell you guys. I'm going to tell you if you want your wife to give you that look, pray with her. It means a lot to her that yeah. you're lifting her up into mm-hmm. into the to the creator of the universe. If you don't, if you're not you know. married, oh, if you're not married, let's say you're a single parent. Pray with your children, even if you're not. If you're just a regular parent, pray with your children. No, no. I, well, I'm saying that you know, hopefully, you're praying with your children every night. Sure, but if yeah. you don't have a spouse, go to your children mm-hmm. and pray to your. With, with your children. Teach your children. You know, uh, we have a blessing with both of our kids, you know, both of the boys getting into church. You mm-hmm. know, Justin is adjusting his uh, schedule and he's getting back into church. But, uh, you know, Max is now leading his family every Sunday to church. And, mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful for that. Which that is, oh gosh, that's a testimony. But for you know what? That's day, been about two really years good. worth of prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, that has been a lot of prayer. Every day for the kids. Praise the Lord. And, you know, uh, one thing I'll commend you on is, is, you know, I'm guilty of this when it came to the boys. I wasn't walking right Mm -hmm. whenever they were younger. And, yes, I raised them in church, but I did not raise them in Jesus. Mm. And I remember Kyle Ottoman talking about that in one of his books and on one of his videos. Uh And that is so true. That's exactly what I did. I raised them on how to go to church, but I didn't raise them on how to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. You're doing that differently with Abby. You are going and you pray with her every night she's here. You go and you uh, read. I think you, you you encourage her to read her Bible. You take her to American Heritage Girl. She goes mm-hmm. to Awana. But you know, you're talking about. I always hear you talk about applying the word with you. But the most important thing I see is that you pray with her. Yeah. And I think that that is a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you can see where Jesus prayed with his disciples right. in this story. Right. And now you know that it's important to pray with people. I encourage you if you don't have significant others, find a a fellow believer, a friend, and pray with them. Yeah, it can be coworker once a week. It can be twice a week. It can be. I'm saying that in person, but yeah. it needs to be daily. Yeah, I think that your sister prays with a young, uh, with a with a friend every daily. day. Yeah, they, they're on their way to work. They pray together, and that is important. You know, that's very very important to do so. Well, and, and it's fact, like that whole iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I've seen her prayer life change because of the how she and this other person pray together. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've been to church sometimes when I hear those prayers. Yeah, no doubt. There, like that, just helps strengthen the body. Well, and and her testimony is actually what kind of inspired me to add this to that mm. was because I know that where. You know, she was saying she meets with a prayer partner daily, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, that is a good idea, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really critical for your 
growth. Cause really that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, and on my personal side, I can tell you that prayer does change people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, you can actually, uh, see where people have changed. We just gave you a great example with, with Max and, and how he is leading his family to a uh, church now. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been praying about for a while. And, you know, they have the grandbaby and we're wanting to see her grow up in church and stuff. And God is blessing us through seeing that. But, you know, uh, you and I were in small group one night and we had, uh, a bunch of the older people show up and we were, Doing the chosen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on. A, there was. A, they were on a break from it. either. It was the summer, and they were on break from their small groups. But they had come over the older generation and come over to watch the chosen yes, with us. And you had uh, Miss Jean. She had lost her husband. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you had Miss Luana, mm -hmm. and you. I think no, was Luana with that group? Luana and Florence. Yeah, Luana and Florence were with that group, and you had Will and June, mm -hmm. and uh, June had had. A stroke, stroke yep. and she was stuck in her mind is what I call it. Yeah. Okay. I don't bird. You can't really say things, even though it's mm -hmm. going through your mind, you're stuck in your mind. Yeah. Well, I remember whenever she would say something, she would just say, Oh, God is so good. He is. God is good. Yeah. God is good. God. He is so good. And I was thinking, I said, man, it's sad to be stuck in your mind. But what now that I look at, it, I'm like, what a beautiful place to be stuck at. Yeah. Is that all you can see and all you can say is how good God has been to you or how good God is to you. Right. You know, I mean, where else would you rather be at if you were in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. She was in a wheelchair with, uh, she had paralysis, I believe on one side of her body and was not able to articulate the thoughts going through her mind. And mm. typically on that group, but typically in our group, we would, circle up and mm -hmm. everyone shared a praise report or a prayer request and hers was God is good. That's and it. then I can't remember if you had told us to hold hands or not or around the circle, but usually you open us up in prayer. And if anybody else wants to pray, then they, you know, you make it awkward enough, long <laughs> enough that somebody yeah. will open up and start praying. Um, and that group just kind of went and she was praying you know yeah um actually that night i remember it i remember this part of it is we were doing something different we were praying for the person yes. to the right of us oh, that's right that's right you know you just kind of said you know i'm going to pray for so and so and blah 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 blah. and i remember looking and seeing miss june over there and i was like man she's gonna get stuck on god is good hopefully her husband you know i don't want to embarrass her yeah you yeah, know what yeah, i'm yeah. saying that's where i was i not that I, you know, you're going to be a problem for me. I just didn't want to, you know, her to be embarrassed Make by the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I remember June was over my left shoulder, which means that she was going to be praying for me. Right. And I was one of the last ones. You were the last one. Yeah. And, uh, she's probably, I don't know, 10 feet away, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, when it came to be her turn, her husband prayed for her, Willard. He prayed for her. She came alive in her chair mm -hmm. and she just wheeled right across mm -hmm. and grabbed my arm mm -hmm. and never strengthened that. Right. And she just prayed. Mm -hmm. And I remember the prayer being like a blessing prayer mm -hmm. and a protection prayer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not really so much of anything like praying for anything in particular. Mm -hmm. Now, guys, y'all, if you know me, you know that I can make a joke about anything. Right. <laughs> and it gets on my wife's nerves. It sometimes. Um, 
But when she prayed for me, I'm going to tell you that I don't know exactly what God was working. I don't know exactly why he was working through her to me, but I can tell you that ever since that night, my ministry life has changed completely. I will say that I have more clear direction. Mm -hmm. I'll say that I have more inspiration. I have more energy. Mm -hmm. I have more fire, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think God used her to touch your heart, to touch my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people it's important for you to pray for people out loud, out loud. And, Put your hands on them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't be scared to say, can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. How about this? This will be a challenge. Okay. This will be a challenge for you. During this week, if somebody says something that's troubled them and you just get that inspiration where you're going to say, you know what? I'll pray for you. How about stopping right then? Mm -hmm. Put your hand on that person as long as they'll let you. And so let me say a quick prayer for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just say a prayer about them. Yeah. And I promise you that when you do that, you're going to live a life not about you. Mm. Amen. Friends, I hope you found this to be so helpful. And I know that when Ben went over this uh, passage with me, what God has showed him through this passage, I, I totally... I was amazed because I've read that a lot, like I said, and I've, I've missed that. But that's what's great about God's Word is He reveals new things to us uh, each time we open it up and read His Word. Those six steps, are, again, just to recap the episode, we're talking about having a prayer life, reading God's Word, gathering or going to church, fellowship or small group, serving or outreach, and then leading and teaching. So if you guys like today's episode, you can like it, comment, share it with a friend. You guys know what to do. You can find us on Instagram or you can shoot us an email to notaboutmepodcast at gmail.com because we would love to hear how God is moving in your life. That's it for this week's episode, but join us next week right here on the Not About Me Podcast.